Welcome everyone to Just Barely Awake, where my chronically tired self talks about whatever topic is on my mind. And today's topic is going to be Nimona, that animated movie that came out on Netflix recently that apparently was canceled a while ago by, by Blue Sky Studios. I mean, not canceled by Blue Sky Studios, but it was like made by Blue Sky Studios, I think. And then, well, we all know what happened to that studio. No longer work with us. Rip. Um, but yeah, it apparently was able to get made somehow, despite being canceled, and I watched it, which I wasn't going to do originally, because I did not give a shit. <laughs> I did not care about this movie. Like, immediately when I saw it, it was made by the same person who made she and the Princesses of Power, that dumpster fire, I was like, yeah, this is obviously not going to be good. And I saw like the comic art for it and I was like, wow, this art is a, this comic looks very ugly. But the 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 actual movie, like the animation, they have like a sort of cell shaded animation art style going on, I think that's what it's called. And it actually I actually like it. I really do like the cell stage cell shaded style. That is in some more recent movies and TV shows. I think Arcane has that. I think Spider-Verse kind of has that a bit. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not a uh, nerd buff geek. I'm not knowledgeable about the different types of animation styles and ins and outs. But I do like that aesthetic. So I was like, okay, this actually looks, it looks like my type of thing. You know, it's also fantasy, sort of. <laughs> fantasy in the sense that there's some magical stuff going on, but it's not really that high fantasy that I usually try to immerse myself in. I guess is it. I guess it's also kind of sci-fi because it got like hover bikes and stuff in it, <laughs> and like laser beams and stuff. So I guess it's kind of like low-key sci-fi fantasy type of story going on um what else is going on in it oh yeah that's basically like the general overview it was made by the same person who made she-ra so that was obviously for me i just like a, ugh. but and i watched the trailer i forgot how i i forgot how i reacted to the trailer when i first saw it like i don't remember i think oh yeah i remember <clears throat> I thought, like, Nimona looked really obnoxious. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's that main female character who's, like, over the top and, you know, bossing everyone around and stepping on all the men and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, great. You know, another great, strong female character for the win. But after watching the film... I am actually pleasantly surprised that I didn't hate Nimona. And I mean Nimona, the character. Like, sh sure, she's, yeah, she's obnoxious, definitely 100%. But it's not, like, annoyingly obnoxious. It's like, yeah, she's over the top, she's obnoxious, she's kind of gross sometimes. And she can be a pain for our other main character. I'll go into a synopsis later, but let me just get my general thoughts out. She can obviously be a pain and cause some trouble, but there's like this kind of 
charm, I guess, where it's like, oh, you know, she's a lot, but it's not too much, I guess. And I do like how I think a lot of that plays in the reason why is because they make her like sympathetic right off the bat. Like they try to like, you see that, yeah, she's a lot and she's putting up this persona of her wanting to be uh, basically a villain, a monster and wants to go break a whole bunch of stuff. But you see like immediately they show you, yeah, under that there's a lot of pain and ultimately she just kind of wants some kind of company and someone to just like talk to her and see her. So yeah, I think that's what helped it. Like, this is because you, you, this could Namoto could easily be the worst character in this movie, but she's not, which I'm actually surprised about. It's like they held back. But let me give a general synopsis of Namona, the movie. It is about this commoner kid named Ballister. Ballister? Ballister. Or I think it's Ballister. Named Ballister who is going to be a knight. He was brought from the common lands or whatever the fuck (laughs) by the queen. And they're like, hey, anyone can be a knight. A hero, basically. So that's why we're picking Bal. And at the coronation, well, I guess knighting, not coronation, knighting ceremony, he kind of murks the queen. And they're like, well, He's bad, just like we always thought. It was a mistake to have him be a knight. So then he has to go into hiding and try to prove his innocence. And the one who kind of helps him do that, although very chaotically and destructively, is Namona, who is the shape-shifting entity, who is so excited to be working for a supervillain. And then she's like, oh, wait, you're not a supervillain? Oh, that kind of sucks. But, you know, I'll still help you anyway to prove your innocence as long as we get to do it together and kick some ass and everything like that. It's all good. So <laughs> that's kind of like the general plot of the movie. And the the movie itself, like, again, I am pleasantly surprised that I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like, no no cap as they like to say nowadays the kids but yeah like I have to be honest like I know there's gonna be a lot of people that I personally follow who are gonna be like this is bad this is woke this is trash (laughs) all the all the things and it's and I'm like sitting here watching and I'm like not really like I feel like there's so much more like like there's so much shit out there especially recently like you know there's so many movies and tv shows that are just like how did this get made and who thought this was good or like or is pushing some sort of agenda as people like to do nowadays but no i actually i sat i watched this thing twice because i really wanted to make sure that whatever came out of my mouth and how i felt about the movie was how i generally felt and yeah i generally felt that this movie was actually kind of decent. I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> like, I, I kind of liked it. I don't love it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh my gosh, Nimona, it's like this groundbreaking film that's going to change the the industry or change animation or it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 
that it's like, or I'm, I'm not going to say it's like, a, it's a must-see film. It's like, oh my gosh, this is on the level of those Pixar movies of old and, oh, this movie is going to change your life. And, oh, if you're not watching this movie, you're really missing out. I'm not going to say any of that because I don't think any of that is true. <laughs> but it is, it is, it's a decent movie. Like, I don't see honestly, the harm in watching it. Like, I actually enjoyed it. I was not bored. Like, I'm honestly surprised how not bored I was. Like, I was actually kind of engaged throughout the whole movie, for better or for worse. (laughs) There are some scenes where I was like, ugh. (laughs) But I was never bored. I actually, I I actually enjoyed myself. I And the only time I really looked at the runtime was because there were points in the film where I felt okay, we're reaching an ending. And then I check and I'm like, oh God, there's like a whole hour left. (laughs) Or I'm looking and I'm like, man, this movie still isn't over, but not in like a bad way. Just because I thought at certain points in the movie, it's like, okay, the ending is right around the corner. We're going to like resolve this thing and it's going to end here. And then I'm like, oh no, it's still going. But again, not in a bad way. Just like there are some points in the film where I thought, you know, it was gonna end at certain points. But it didn't and honestly, I don't I only really felt that way the first time. After knowing that, okay, this movie is it's not done yet, like in my head is like it's gonna keep going. I kinda was able to like better sit through it the second time where I didn't have to check. I was like, okay. I'm I'm feeling the pacing is it feels better to me in the second watch than it did in the first watch. That's what I would say. It felt like the pacing, I guess that's what I'm trying to, the, the pacing itself felt kind of weird where it's like, okay, we're reaching a conclusion. Oh, no, it's still going, but I'm not mad, but I'm just kind of confused. It's <laughs> kind of like my initial thoughts. But yeah, I, I it was better the second time around. And what do I think about the characters. Well, I already talked about Nimona a bit in the beginning. What did I think of Bao? He's alright, you know? <laughs> like, Bao, Golden Loin. Um, I'm sorry, his first name is Ambrosius. Just the Golden Loin thing. It's such a weird-ass last name. But Bao, Ambrosius. Uh, who else is in this film? The director. Uh, Todd, the bully character. <laughs> Todd is someone I did not care for. Although there was just like this one part in the in the in in the movie where he kind of like comes in and is like your door was your door was broken or something like that. And I was like, okay, I actually like that delivery, I guess. <laughs> that was the only time though. But everything else, I was like, eh, this character is just not doing it for me. It's a typical bully character. You're like, you know, he's there to bully the main character and just be a dick and whatever. But yeah, didn't really care for him. Like, if I was, it's so weird because I don't hate any of the characters. Besides that, I don't hate him. I just don't care for him. Like, the director, Ballister, Ambrosius, like, those three main characters that we have in the film. Um, you know, they exist. (laughs) There's nothing really, I feel like there's not much to say about them, really. Like, even Ballister. I know he's, like, our main, I would say there's less to say about Ambrosius. I know he's going through, like, his conflict, but it's, like, you know, is it really worth mentioning that much? You know, he's the, his, he's the, a descendant of the 
I guess the one who started this whole institute that was what they call it, Glorith. And yeah, he's the, the descendant and, you know, he has expectations. But I never really felt those expectations from society. Uh, he the film wanted me to think that he fell because he signed up for this. <laughs> you know, I think it looks like the it looked like the director was gonna pick Todd, or I guess well Todd volunteered and then Ambrose just stepped up. But I guess you could say he stepped up because he's the descendant of Glorif. But I don't know. I mean, would the director pick them? I feel like picking him is a terrible decision, honestly, because of his relationship with Bao. It seems like, no, your relationship with Bao is going to make you a liability in the mission of capturing him. So why would I pick you? Like, you're going to let him go, which he does multiple times in the movie. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't trust Ambrosius to get the job done because he's too close to it. So I'm actually surprised that the director just let that happen. It's like, don't you want this guy to be captured? So yeah, that's why the whole thing about like, oh, you know, I'm the descendant of Glor if I didn't ask for that. And it's like, I don't know why they picked you to be the in control of this mission in the first place. Honestly, like you shouldn't have been in charge. So yeah, I don't know. The whole descendant of Glor thing, I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't really that important, if I'm being honest. Like, I feel like it wouldn't have mattered whether he was the descendant or just literally the top student in the Knight Academy or just, like, the captain of the Knights. Like, I feel like there really is no difference of whether or not he's a descendant or not. He is clearly one of their best knights. So it's like, you know, I feel like the expectations could have came from literally anywhere. And I just didn't feel like it mattered all that much. But yeah, he's a descendant of the great Glorif who founded the Institute and was, like, the leader of this Knight Academy that they got going on in this movie. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, Bao himself. So what what was weird to me, not like film breaking, but what was weird was that Bao, so he accidentally kills the queen and then, like, Ambrosius cuts off his arm. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm not expecting that. Or was I? I forgot if I saw that in the film. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, his arm gets cut off, gets cut off and then he's, like, perfectly fine. Like, it's like cutting off his arm was like scraping your toe or something. This is scraping your toe. Stubbing your toe. Like, it's, it hurts, but, you know, you'll get over it. And I'm like, this should, he should be like lying on the floor bleeding out or something like that. Like, how is he just like standing there looking at his boyfriend and being like, oh, Ambrosius, you cut off my arm. And oh, the queen. I guess you could say he's in shock, but. Yeah, it was a bit much for me. And then he just builds himself his own robot arm. And it's like, where did you learn how to do that? Like, aren't you like a knight or something? Do they, are they teaching their knights how to build arms? Because they also apparently teach their knights that whenever someone is firing a weapon, you have to cut off their arm, which seems like, I guess it's not, is it a weird thing to teach someone? Like if someone is like, Using a weapon, cut off their arm. I guess that's the easiest way to disarm someone, but I don't know. Is cutting off someone's arm really that simple as a slicing butter? I mean, it does look like they have laser swords, I guess. I don't know. They, the swords light up. So I'm guessing they have their, the swords are super powerful or strong or whatever the fuck, but I don't know. It was just like, I was like, pal, how are you making your own arm? Where did you learn how to do this? And, and it like works perfectly well. Like, you just, pops it back in like edward elric wishes it was that simple but oh yeah 
And then he ran, and then he's in this secret lair, and that's where he meets Nimona, who immediately, like, comes in and is like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to work with a murderer. And then he's like, I'm not actually. And she's like, oh, how disappointing. And it's just like, wow, <laughs> this character. <laughs> she's so, I was, like, I was a little worried about her. But I, honestly, right off the bat, it, she could have been very annoying, but she was surprisingly wasn't i was like okay she's she's okay like i see what they're trying to do with her so yeah i wasn't annoyed by nimona which is very good because she's literally the titular character and let's see i I have uh, some notes written down so let me read these notes yeah 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 and now i'm looking at the notes it says how the pacing was weird right after me nimona yeah it felt like like what I mentioned earlier about how like I felt like the film was ending in different places, but then I was surprised when it kept going. And I was like, gosh, there's more to this movie? I thought we were like basically almost done. Yeah, that happens. But I, like I said, it felt better after knowing that it's not going to end in the place that I thought it was. But yeah, it just felt a little weirdly paced. Um, What else? Oh, yeah, the, the world building of this... Uh, movie is kind of weird like i guess it's like low-key science fiction fantasy we have we have knights and we have hover bikes and we have like sort of futuristic technology we have like um like electronic coins that people are tossing into the the jazz musicians on the street we have like electronic turnstiles and everything we have like these hover messages on buildings and stuff these electronic messages i don't know i thought the world building was kind of i guess like just weak in a way where it just it didn't feel like much of anything like it's like what is our world i don't know we got tacos and we say metal or well namona does I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I don't know. I guess there's just not much to it. Like Earth with just a little future-y stuff. And that's pretty much it. I was confused. I was like, we have these knights and we have swords, but where are these like laser guns? I see they have like these bow and arrows, which is like, it's more like a, a crossbow type of thing that they got going on. But it's like, man, I feel like you guys could have like laser swords or something. Or, I mean, I mean, definitely, the queen literally gets, like, killed from this laser beam. And I'm like, what? what's the point of using swords, really? Like, why not give these people guns? And why are you guys using crossbows? Like, give them guns. That's what, that's what I thought. I was like, you have these futuristic technology and we're still using swords? Why? <laughs> and swords and bow, bow and arrows or crossbows or whatever. That's what, that was the weird thing about the world building to me. I was like... It feels so out of place. Like, why not? They should got they have like they should have like lightsabers and and guns and you know, you know, laser beams more than just like the queen, not the queen, the director's little doohickey cane thing that shoots out lasers that she has just hidden away. That's what it felt like to me. It's like I don't know. It's like there's not really much to the, the world, really, which I guess eh, I I don't know. Does it work against the film? I don't know. It's like... Oh, the whole film happens within the city. And so... Honestly, now that I think about it, the, the city 
has this wall around it. And they're like, now we have to keep out the monsters. And I was like, but when you reach the end and you find out the whole monster thing is like fake. And the Mona is supposed to be like the monster that Glorith saw or was trying to defend against this like little shape-shifting monster. And it's like, are there any other monsters out there? Like, are there any records of any other monster encounters? Because if not, if this whole city was literally built just to protect against just Nimona, it seems kind of ridiculous. Like, like have there be other monsters besides Nimona and have them actually be real? Like, this whole thing about, have you ever questioned the wall? And I'm like, are you seriously telling me there's, like, nothing over there? It seems kind of, I know it's supposed to be, like, question the government type of thing, but it's like, I don't know. Like, when we see Glorf in the flashback, she's just, like, this little girl. Are you telling me she really built this whole society just to protect everyone from this one person who she was kind of friends with? Even though she was told that, oh, no, you can't be friends with her anymore. I don't, it seems so extreme. But maybe things are just extreme these days? I don't know. I don't run any government stuff. <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed when I thought about it. I was like, are there really no other, like, monster? And it doesn't have to be, like, ferocious monster type things. Just, like, supernatural fantasy, like, creature things. Like, Nimona. Like, shapeshifters, you know, I don't know, mermaids, uh, talking bears, whatever. Literally any fantasy creature that you could think of. And it's like, it seems like once the wall breaks down, it's like, oh, it's just forest area and it's like is there anything out there we never know because we never go past the wall it seems we never get to see the other side and it's like what's behind the wall literally just nothing just nature and it's like is that what we were we were protecting everyone from like literally just Nimona and nature I guess it just seems like a missed opportunity like have there be like, have there be at least some truth to what the heck Glorif was doing and what the Institute was protecting about? Like, like literally, there was nothing out there, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The the part about, like, who killed um the queen? I, I do, like, after the second rewatch, I was like, oh, wow. They actually kind of set it up a little bit with the squire how he was, like, a little nervous about giving Bal his sword. And you see Bal actually check his sword and be like, hmm, what's going on with my sword? It looks kind of weird. It feels weird. He's, like, seeing how he's, like, weighing it. And he's like, oh, this weighs kind of differently. It feels differently in my hand. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, huh. But I didn't really think much after that. I was like, I wonder what's going on here. Like, because when the squire was like, your sword, I was like, is he nervous to talk to him for some reason? And it was right after Todd bullying him. So I was like, I wonder if he's just like, not trying to socialize with him too. But no, I, I, after the sword thing with the squire and then Bal looking at his sword, I was like, okay, there's something here. I don't think, I didn't really connect the dots then, but I was like, there is something. So I do like that little foreshadowing that they have at the beginning. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. In the film, when Ambrosius is talking to the director, and, like, the director is like, Ambrosius, you can talk to me. What's wrong? And Ambrosius has, there's this scene where Ambrosius has this freak out, and it's like, ugh, it was kind of (laughs) cringe. He was just doing, and then immediately it cut, and then it was like, 
I'm fine. And it's like, oh, that whole thing was fake. It was just like his inner thoughts, I guess. And I was like, oh. I still didn't like it, though. I didn't like it. It just, it was just so over the top and silly. I will, I will say this about the film. I feel like the humor can be kind of hit or miss. It's kind of like, like the whole thing with Todd and his bully self. And it's like, uh, it's not really as funny. It's not as funny as I think it is. Or like that freak out with Ambrosia. And it's like, eh, it really wasn't that funny. Like, I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm really not laughing. It's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of cringe. Oh my gosh. And the dance sequence with the shark, Namona, and Bao as they're uploading the, vi- the video. And they're having a dance party. I'm like, ugh, this is so ugh, cringe. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> It's not funny. Can we please move past this? Like, I'm literally rolling my eyes looking at this scene. Like, the humor, I would say this film isn't really that funny. <laughs> That's what I would say about it, which is actually surprising. Like, it's surprising how I like the film, despite its attempts at humor kind of being poor. <laughs> I'm like, it's not really funny at all. Like, I didn't really find it funny. Or I guess maybe I laughed at things that weren't supposed to be comedic. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, the only thing I would say that was even remotely worth a chuckle was the whole demonic baby thing that Namoto was got was doing. So, oh yeah, that's the only thing. But besides that, um, I guess also, well, I don't think this doesn't count as comedic. But I did like the dynamic between Bao and Namona. I thought that was kind of I liked how that progressed. You see him. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm hanging out with a monster. But then he's like, okay, I'm going to accept your help and I'm going to socialize with you. And I'm going to be like, hey, can you please try not to creep me out every two seconds? And Mona's like, what are you talking about? I'm just being me. And then eventually he kind of like gets used to it and is able to like accept it. And you see their friendship become a little bit more amicable where it's not where they're not like resisting and going against each other. But it's more like they're kind of just like... They're, you know, in sync, you know, during the board game where Namona, like, breathes fire. And he's like, I didn't know you could do that. And she's like, oh, and you see, she kind of, like, recoils a little bit. And it's like, oh, whoops, you know. And then he's like, eh, it's okay, kind of cool. And then she's like, oh, good. I can be myself and do things without having to be, like, looked in a distasteful way, basically. Which I kind of like. I liked it. Um... Oh yeah, the the backstory for Namona about how with her and Glorif. I don't think I was expecting that. Like I was like when she like runs away after Bal and her have, you know, the argument. Actually, let me talk about that argument first. Cause I was just thinking about my second rewatch and I was like, the things Bal was saying, he was like, Is this you? Because there's a scroll with Namona in it and it depicts her as basically a monster this black monster thing. And then there's Nimona as a girl in the center of it. And you see it's fighting against Glorif. And then he's like, is this you? And Nimona's like, do you really think that's me? And he's like, well, I don't know. Ever since you came to me, you've been causing chaos and trying to destroy everything. And I'm like, he has a point. Like, you literally bring, you literally brought this chaos into his life. You know, besides the whole killing the queen by accident thing. But you were like, let's kill people. Oh, I thought you were going to be a super villain. I wanted to, like, destroy shit, break stuff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he's not wrong, really. Like, is he? I mean, he's like, ever since I came to you, I've done, like, all these messed up stuff, kidnapping, breaking into stuff. 
uh, you know, fighting a whole bunch of people. And she's like, I was trying to help you. And he was like, no, you wanted to, you wanted everyone to see me as a villain so you wouldn't be alone. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's also true. Because that's, isn't that like exactly what she said in the beginning? She was literally like, he was in the beginning of the film, near the beginning, he was like, why are you helping me? And she's like, because I'm bored and because everyone else hates you too. Like, I'm literally associating with you because there's someone who, there's someone who was hated almost as much as me in this kingdom. So he's not wrong. I thought about it. I was like, wow. This is, this is, he's honestly, he's making some points. Like, like, can you really blame him? <laughs> so yeah, I was kind of like that. Like, obviously he associated, he socialized, socialized so so clinical uh, he spent some time with her and saw um uh, gosh softer side i guess but i guess a more amicable side where it's like oh we're this you know chaotic group of friends and we're doing stuff well yeah i honestly can't blame him blame bal for being like i don't know i mean you could actually be an actual monster i mean ever since you came into my life you we, you've been wanting to do this messed up shit and just cause chaos and break everything Though I will note that Namona doesn't actually, well, well, when we get to the end, we'll talk about that. But in the beginning, Namona doesn't seem to actually be actively hurting anyone. I mean, not hurting, I mean, killing anyone. She doesn't seem to actually kill anyone in this film, which is, like, good. Because, I mean, she keeps talking about wanting to kill everybody. There's there's this part where she's like, let's kill him. And then she's like, no, 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 I'm going to capture him, you know, you and me. And I actually did like that little part. But yeah, she's not actually hurting. Well, I like it. Not hurting. Killing people <laughs> in this film. So yeah. So I remember seeing somewhere on the, the Twitter. It was like, she's literally talking about killing people. And I'm like, but she doesn't actually kill anyone in this film. And then I guess you could make the arguments because Ballister is like preventing and stopping her murderous tendencies, I guess. But I don't know. Even when, when at near... I, what is this, in the middle of the movie? When they try to appeal to Ambrosius and show him the video? He's like, okay, let's break stuff. And when Nimona goes loose, she breaks stuff, sure, and is, you know, hurting people and fighting. But it's like, she's not actually actively killing anyone or anything like that. Like, you know, she's being destructive. But it's not, like, evil, I guess. She's not being evil. Which is good, because you don't want your main character to actually do evil stuff. And then we get to the end where she turns into a big giant monster and tries to literally destroy the whole kingdom. And I'm like, okay, now, but even then, well, when I was watching this, watching it out the second time, I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm not going to believe it's probably someone definitely died during her rampage, didn't they? Like, she's literally like, like terrorizing the whole city. She's stomping on everything, banging into buildings, very tall, like, you know, New York City type building, you know, crashing into stuff, you know, and she's getting blasted all over the place. And now the director wants to like hit her with a laser beam bazooka and everything like that. So she's causing a lot of destruction towards the end. And, um, I, I mean, I can't really blame her. <laughs> well, well, let me say this I understand why. I mean, literally, she, I mean, this is after she got rejected by Ethan Val. So now she's literally rejected by literally the entire society she lives in. So she's like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to, like, destroy everything now because it's just causing me so much pain and rejection. And But even then, she doesn't even really have 
you know, she kind of like gives up towards the end, which I thought was really, I like, I was not expecting that. Like the whole, I don't know what's scarier, the fact that everyone in this kingdom wants to drive a knife through my heart, or sometimes I just want to lie down. And I'm like, damn, this isn't like a, what, PG movie? This is what it's rated? And, And she's actively talking about like, offering herself it's like you know something i just want people to literally kill me because that would be easier than dealing with all this shit I'm like oh that's kind of sad and i kind of felt for nimona there and so yeah so oh my god i actually do like that scene where she's just like going to the glorious statue which is probably a good way i kind of went away from it but the glorious backstory i actually really liked it um at first i thought when i first watched the movie that Nimona was used to be a girl and then I thought some of that wishing well story was true but I don't know it seems like it's possible that none of it is true and the whole thing the whole time she was just messing with Bao but she's this shape-shifting entity again she could have been one of these monsters quote-unquote that live in the forest area but again it looks like she's like literally the only supernatural thing in this whole world that they have but yeah so she's a supernatural shape-shifting entity who was not accepted by any of the 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 creatures and animals that she wanted to hang out with and she tries to be human and then they don't accept her glorif does for a while but then her parents are like no she's a monster and then you know because the village people are attacking her and then the mona tries to attack back and defend herself and then accidentally lights the the village on fire and then Glorif is just looking around and like ah, yeah maybe she is a monster and then she's like go back to the shadows from whence you came and I was like huh interesting it's kind of like the whole thing like Glorif she accepted her but then because other people told her not to accept her and then um you know she's a kid you know kids you know not all the time, but sometimes kids are impressionables. You know, you tell them enough or you surround them in an environment and they're going to follow suit most likely most of the time. So, yeah, she's like, and then obviously, she's like literally standing in her village burnt down and like not obviously not Nimona's fault. I mean, it, you know, everyone was coming at her with pitchforks, but honestly, it's like, is it really the village people's fault either? Because, I mean, it's literally a shape-shifting entity who could literally be anyone. Like, I can automatically think to, you know, back in those early colonial days where they were, you know, witches and demons and stuff like that. And it's like, no, I do not want my kid playing with this weird magical entity. You know, magical entities aren't always something that people like. Something that a lot of people fear. And like, oh, this this is literally like a demon that my child's been playing with. Stuff like that. Even if she appeared as a helpless girl. Again, she's a shape-shifting entity. They could appear as anything. So it's kind of like, when I look at this, I'm like, I could easily understand both sides of the party here. Obviously, Nimona wasn't a malicious entity. She was just, you know, just a shapeshifter who wanted to fit in somewhere. And then the villagers are like, oh no, there's this weird magical thing and we don't like it. We don't trust it. So we have to destroy it. You know, I feel like both sides are honestly kind of valid in this situation. Like, I mean, if you meet a shapeshifter, are you really just going to just accept them just like that? Like, that's pretty freaky stuff. 
kind of cool when we think about it because you know we like fantasy but in the real world if you see that you're gonna be grabbing your crucifix so i don't understand both sides there but yeah and then glorif is like yeah my village is literally burned down and that's because i kind of associated with you and my parents are like i shouldn't associate with you so i'm not associating with you so i'm picking up my toy sword and pointing it at you and you're my enemy now so yeah i actually did like that backstory and everything um and then Nimona, you know turned into this hulking demon tries to destroy everything and then she tries to like off herself by basically plunging the glory of statue's sword into her heart and then bow stops her and is like i'm sorry namoda i shouldn't have rejected you like that uh i, I see you and then namoda turns back and then the director I didn't even mention the director is a bad guy. The director, you know, she's like, yeah, we're still going to kill this thing. <laughs> we're going to literally laser beam it to death. And we're going to sacrifice literally the whole part of the kingdom to do it. And again, like I said, and I mean, this is obviously an extreme reaction. But the whole idea of the director, even the, just the director specifically rejecting Nomoto. I mean, Nomoto literally just went through the kingdom, destroying it. Literally a demon, like, she actually looks like a demon monster now. Literally killing, could be, I mean, um, I'm gonna say she probably killed someone in that rampage of hers. Like, I mean, who wouldn't laser beam that thing? Like, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I know the, Actually, I'm wondering. I wonder if I asked the creators of this, the writers, and if I said, do you think Nimona's rampage through the city was justified? Like, was that, uh, what say? Was that a good thing for her to do? Like, is that morally acceptable, I guess? And... I think the answer, I mean, I feel like the answer should universally be no. Like, just because someone mistreats you doesn't mean you get to unleash your rage and wrath on the whole fucking world. Like, you know, you know, uh, what is it? I don't know what the saying is, but, you know, evil doesn't justify doing evil. Like, just because someone, you know, mistreats you, abuses you you know, rejects you doesn't mean that you get to take your justified, I mean, understandable. Yeah, you're understandable, sympathetic even, but justified? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah. So, so when I say the director still wanted to laser beam her, I'm like, can you blame her? She, she, Nomoda literally destroyed like a whole sector of the city. Like, who wouldn't, who, what person in charge of this government wouldn't laser beam Nimona at this point. It's the thing, it's the thing about how, like, it would also destroy a part of the city that was the problem. It's like, okay, Jesus Christ, lady. But, yeah, like, honestly, Nimona is obviously seen as this hostile entity, and I don't really blame any, the director for seeing her that way, when she literally trampled an entire sector. So, I would say in that instance, yes, Nimona is the bad guy here. <laughs> And, you know, in the sense that, you know, she shouldn't be, you know, doing that. But I will say that Nimona taking out the laser beam gun that the director was launching and her sacrificing herself. I saw that in my view. I saw that as kind of like a redemption for Mona. Like she was about to, 
she was about to basically destroy the city and unleash all her wrath and rage on it. But then after she calmed down and she was able to reconcile with Val and she sees that, oh my gosh, now the director is literally going to destroy the city just to get to me and she's going to kill all these people. And she, you know, she's looking around and, you know, she has this like, I don't know, conflicted, is conflicted the word? I guess maybe a little conflicted face. She looks around. She's seeing everyone screaming. She looks at Val. You see, she sees he's in distress and she's like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And she, you know, turns into a phoenix, a fiery phoenix um, thing and then sacrifices herself to save the cities. And I saw that personally as a type of redemption for her where it's like, this is a city I tried to destroy and now I'm going to save it. Even if I hate these people. <laughs> even if I hate these people. Because, you know, I'm I, when I saw her look when I was watching the second time, I was like, what makes her decide just to sacrifice herself? And I think it's because Bao wanted to save the city. Like, she, Bao saved her, and she sees that everyone is running screaming. You know, I mean, she literally just terrorized this place. She's running away. Everyone is running away screaming. You, she sees Bao's in distress and is worried about everyone and does, obviously doesn't want the city to be destroyed. And she's kind of like, looks at him and is like, okay, fine. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be, I'm going to write this. I'm going to make this right. I'm going to destroy that gun. I'm not going to let her destroy the city. I don't know. It seems like kind of a redemption moment for her. Again, I don't know if that was the writer's or the creator's intent for that to be a redemptive moment for, for, um, Nimona after literally destroying the city. I don't know if that was supposed to be, in their eyes, a redemptive moment or, like, a full-on 100% 100% hero moment. Like, oh yeah, no, now she's gonna be hero. You know, Namoto's the true hero, not the Institute, not the government. And then, in my eyes, I didn't see it that way. I saw it as Namoto is going to be, she's going to make this right. And that's what I saw it as, personally. That's how I saw it. I don't know how, I'm honestly curious how they see it. And then we get to the end of the movie. I remember I was watching it and I was like, you see Nimona, she, it looks like she's dead, but then she comes back and then, you know, Bao's like, oh my gosh, you're here. Holy shit. And I'm like, oh, I guess there's going to be a sequel. And I was like, oh wait. <laughs> but it looks like if someone were to, it looks like it could have gotten a sequel, but it's just, there's no one to make it. So, but yeah, it looks like there could have been a sequel though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's more in the comic after this, like in the creator's comic after this, but it looks like there could have been a sequel if they wanted to. But yeah, obviously there's not going to be, most likely. Oh yeah. Um, so those are my thoughts on the movie. Oh yeah, and you know, Bal and Ambrose just start together. Like, you know, that's the thing in the film. They're all, they're LGBT stuff in the film. But, you know, again, I didn't think it was like, egregious and it's not like the film was about that really you know there are a couple kisses um you know they're together they're a couple conflicted couple because you know they're on opposite sides but again it didn't really you know bother me where i'm like oh my god they're pushing their agenda in my face i was like it's there it's there exist and you know it's okay i'm not like against it being in anything at all I just don't want to shove down my throat. Uh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought about the film, Nimona. I thought it was decent. I would 
recommend, well, would I recommend it? I would say if it interested you even a little bit, you should just go ahead and watch it because it's, you know, it's not going to waste your time. I think it's a decent film and I don't see the harm in at viewing it, really. Yeah, it was a decent one. What would I rate it? I don't know. <laughs> Do I, I don't know. Do I, should I give it like a numerical rating? I think those can kind of be arbitrary sometimes, you know? Uh, you know, this, yeah, it's decent. It's decent. It's not a time waster. It's, you know, it's good. I enjoyed it. That's what I would say. I'm not going to give a numerical rating. I'm not going to do that yet. It's decent. It's good. You know, watch it if you watch it, if it appeals to you at all. Uh, that's all for today. And I will see you when I talk about the next topic, whatever that may be. Whatever's on my mind, really. Who knows what it's going to be, but it's going to be something that I like. Maybe a video game. Because, you know, there's some Genshin stuff coming up that I really want to talk about. Ooh, or maybe Spider-Man. That's also coming up. I'm excited about that. But who knows? It could be another movie. There, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, the Miraculous movie is coming out soon. I think it came out in French already. But it's coming out in English. Although I think I'm going to watch it in French, honestly. It's going to be a musical, and I do not want to watch that. <laughs> I do not want to listen to a musical in English. <laughs> yeah, after the last like Christmas special musical they had, I was like, nah, I think I'll go back to the French. <laughs> I think I'll use the French version for this. So maybe it'll, the next thing will be Miraculous that's on my radar but we'll see no promises anyway thank you for listening and i'll see you next time